0: from coney's to cheesecake and barbecue to brunch we all have meals that mean something special to us this podcast takes a deep dive into the traditions delicacies and legends that have shaped what we know and love about food each week we'll learn from a guest about how food has impacted their relationships and how they view the world this is season to taste this week on the podcast, I'm excited to welcome Seth DeSantis. He's actually my former boss from an internship. Um, we stayed connected over the years, and I am just very excited uh, to talk about you know food and his family life and travel and all sorts of fun things. So, Seth, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, Jacob, awesome to be here with you again. Um, I miss working together, but very excited we have this opportunity to talk about my favorite subject ever, which is food.
0: Awesome. So I started a new segment last week called what's cooking. So just give us a, a short little, what's, what have you been eating this week? Is there anything you're excited for this week?
1: All right. Yeah. Starting off with the tough questions. I was hoping for softballs initially, but <laughs> what's cooking this week? Um, so I'm very fortunate. I have uh, an amazing, very loving and caring wife who, who provides a great meal every night. Um, Last night, we had pasta, and the night before, we had stuffed peppers. Um, That was a new one, her first time ever making stuffed peppers. Pasta wasn't homemade out of a can, but it was still good. And uh, I think tonight's going to be grilling. I think that when my wife cooks two nights in a row, it's my obligation to grill this evening. Um, Whether or not she wants anything that I grill, To be determined but i think i'm fending for myself this evening and maybe even the rest of the week so maybe hot dogs and hamburgers for one jacob for the rest of the week but uh it started off (laughs) strong since it's up to me for the remainder of the week probably going to end not on the strongest note
0: (laughs) that's funny um so this week for me i went to Lonzo noodles in Columbus. Um, just this like absolute hole in the wall, Chinese place right on South campus. I, you know, I'd heard about it before from, um, Vince, he was on the podcast talking about uh, Chicago food and, um, we both went together and just loved it. Some really good hand pulled noodles. Like there must've just been some, some grandma in the back pulling those noodles by hand for the past 20 years. So yeah, loved it.
1: Yeah, well, it's often the holes in the walls that uh, really have some of the best food. Um, From my experience, it's definitely the the places you would least expect having some of the best surprises.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive into it. What was food like for you growing up? Did you cook a lot? Like, what did that look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a great topic. And, you know, based off of how I'm going to end the week, Spending for myself with hot dogs and hamburgers, it should help answer the first question you asked on, did I cook a lot? The answer is no. I, I did not cook a lot, but I was incredibly fortunate to be the recipient of just amazing home cooked meals, um, from a variety mm-hmm. of nationalities as I was growing up. Um, I guess to dig into it a little bit more, my, uh, I'm half Italian. My mom is half Italian and my dad is half Italian. So kind of a weird mix. Um, also a lot of Irish and a lot of Polish um, in there. Mm-hmm. So my mom was definitely the, the primary cook growing up. My dad has his specialties. Um, like my dad's chili, like that is his specialty. Every new year's yeah. Eve or every new year's day, entire family comes over, eats my dad's chili. And that was just a tradition since I can remember since the first year I was born all the way up until when I left home for college. January 1st, the entire family comes over, we eat my dad's homemade chili, and it was just awesome. He has a few other specialties in there that he makes, um, but it's hard for me to think about it because I keep thinking then back to my mom's food. And that's really where some of my fondest memories come into play. That's kind of like when I start thinking and then you actually smell the food. Um, That's what comes (laughs) to mind is my mom's food.
0: That's awesome. Um, What's, what's the thing that like most comes to mind for your mom's food?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just her, her sauce. Um, My mom's Italian sauce, is just awesome. Um, and you know, I'm biased. It's any anyone who grew up with in a family who where there's homemade sauce being made, their mom or their parent or their their grandparent, whoever made it, that's the best recipe in the entire world. But you know, fortunately right. for me, my mom actually was the best cook in the entire world. And her sauce actually is the number one sauce ever, including her meatballs. Um so It all surrounds that. Her sauce, the breadcrumbs she would make for the meatballs, we'd often Mm -hmm. have sausage. It wasn't homemade sausage. Now, my mom and grandmother used to make homemade sausage way back in the day. I I vaguely remember that, but then they kind of transitioned away from that, and it was just homemade meatballs and my mom's homemade sauce. And it just, every single Sunday, big sit-down dinner with my family, my grandparents, they would all come over, and we would just feast it, on Sunday, it's dinner, but dinner's at noon on a Sunday, and have everyone yeah. over for dinner and just attack seemingly unlimited amounts of sauce, homemade, huge meatballs and uh, sausage, pork, and then you know, the thick things like salad and garlic bread and whatnot. So just every single Sunday, noon huge pasta dinner at the DeSantis household and uh, I I have incredibly fond memories of you know it's the food of course but it's the memories you associate with eating the food which Mm -hmm. I think is what ultimately the mind is most fond of it's either your taste buds or your heart and I think it kind of comes down to my heart but sometimes I'm not smart enough and I think it's my taste buds
0: (laughs) yeah I totally get that the thing that sticks out to me of, of similar experiences um, my grandparents and my cousins we I mean I, I did an episode a family episode with them um, right at the end of season one and it's just like I can think back so many years of different experiences but them all being pretty much around the same table oftentimes with mostly the same food and the same people so it's just like really cool to remember all of that and then you know keep going back and spending time with them
1: Absolutely. I mean, it, it kind of weaves all the senses together. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. like the the, the the sense of smell smelling that food when it's cooking, when you kind of get your hand slapped if you try to take a, a rigatoni too soon um, to the sense of taste, obviously just associating that, but then hearing, hearing your family's laughter, hearing their stories like touch, you know, hugging your family and even, you know, feeling the food is it hits your belly before you have to take a huge nap because you ate too much. Like it's a (laughs) multi-sensory experience to your point without a doubt.
0: Absolutely. So I'm going to take a wild guess and say that your mom's uh, sauce recipe is like lock and key. Like you're never going to learn it. Right.
1: (laughs) So she transitioned it. My mother did a great knowledge transfer with my wife and you know, they, they took it out of Fort Knox for that, for those few hours, they took the recipe <laughs> out, did the KT can't write it down because you can't let it be exposed. But um, I actually right. think that I have an obligation, Jacob though, to learn it. So even though kind of throughout our, our conversation so far, I've been talking about what a horrible cook I am. It really would mean an absolute ton to me to be able to learn it. Part of me is just fearful that I will never deliver on it with any justice. And just my lack of track record of being a good cook, you know, that, that's kind of one of the barriers. But she did transfer it to my, to my wife, and, you know, that was a really cool experience. Um, yeah. When my wife first moved here, and we were still living in an apartment, and my parents were up. And it was funny. I actually set up a—I just took my cell phone, and I kind of put it on the shelf and just let it record just just to kind of capture the memory. And they they just were cooking there— for like five hours just laughing and really bonding and getting to know each other. And, uh, you know, my dad and I were out doing other things back and forth, but it was, Mm -hmm. it was a really meaningful experience. Um, and you know, just things like that, that, you know, to your point, just on the transition of a secret recipe like that and whatnot.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's awesome that they were able to build a connection around that, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I,
0: And you now have a memory about it. Yeah,
1: totally. I mean, it's like you build memories eating food. Of course, that's mostly where my memories are made. But there's so many people (laughs) out there that are building memories around making food together. And uh, yeah, it, it really is a kind of a magical glue that can bring people together across a lot of different scenarios.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's something I'm really looking forward to this year. Um, just moved into the, the new house uh, this weekend and I'm very excited. My roommates get here in a few weeks. So excited to, you know, bond with them by cooking and just being in the same space for so long. Can be good. Without
1: a doubt. You know, you bring that. It's a good memory that you just made me have. And I appreciate it, Jacob. Thank you. I remember... I remember when I was living off campus, like when I was in college, you know, my junior year off campus and then my senior year really off campus in a big house with a ton of different people. And mm-hmm. my, my mom and dad, you know, they would come up and visit. I was only a few hours away from them and uh, they would just bring so much sauce and meatballs and sausage and everything. And I just mm-hmm. remember this this one time I was a junior and I... A lot of my friends lived in this off-campus house, and it was like, we just had such a huge feast of my mother's food. It's like we invited (laughs) 25 of our closest friends over. It was a Sunday. Everyone was amped up for it for the week leading up to it. And it was such an unbelievable, amazing experience for me to share that food like that, that just something that is so characteristic of my mother and it's something that only she could do and something mm-hmm. I've appreciated so much and to share it with others and then watch them just devour it and just watch how much <laughs> they loved it like yeah and it was just such an amazing experience being able to share that food with with my friends and not just in my house like you know throughout my life I would had friends over and they would eat food around the family table with us but to kind of take it out of where I'm used to eating it, but then sharing it at an even larger table with an even larger group and a group of just some of my mm-hmm. closest friends, that was a really special experience. And, and I can really it really resonates with me when you talk about your excitement for your house all coming together and then you showing off some of the some of the skills that you've been learning on your journey of being a master chef. So I hear you. <laughs> Food is just really a great a great
0: item to bond over yeah absolutely I a cool one for me has been um my mom's meatloaf recipe it's not anything like super secretive but she taught it to me and i made it once this summer um was hanging out with my roommates and um one of them like hadn't tried meatloaf before and so um i gave them some i gave both of them some and i think they're now pretty uh we'll be they'll be pretty excited for meatloaf night i'm sure yeah, it's a weird thing to be excited for but they really enjoyed it and i'm excited to share that with them
1: yeah my mom had a meatloaf recipe too and i'm not sure if it was a secret or off the bo- bottom of a campbell soup can but it was amazing <laughs> and i hear you I, I get i got really excited for meatloaf days as well so glad that you're uh, that that's cool that you learned your your mom's recipe and now you're getting other people as excited about meatloaf as you and i are
0: Right. We love it. So I want to talk about travel a little bit. Um, You have traveled a lot of different places. Um, Give us some highlights, lowlights of the food you've eaten in other countries.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if you asked that question just to kind of set me up for looking foolish or not, Jacob, because I think you know how basic (laughs) my taste buds actually are. So I'll, I'll take it and I'll, and I'll run with it um, at, the, at the risk of my own embarrassment. But regardless of how much I absolutely adore my mother's food and how precious it is to me and all the amazing memories associated with it, I, my taste buds are just not as adventurous as the rest of me. And I have a very, very basic palate. Um, so to your point, I've traveled all over the place. And I have just been looked down upon by my colleagues for how little I have experienced in regards to food. And it just amazes me the lack of appreciation people have for the fact that I have tried McDonald's in just dozens of different countries. And the fact that I know how KFC KFC tastes in the U.S., also in India, and I can tell you the differences in a Domino pizza between you know, the U S India and other <laughs> European countries. So That's all of my travels over the world, I, I still, I, I have very basic taste buds and I often gravitate towards the most basic food items ever, um, with a few exceptions. So like normally when I do travel though, I, uh, I do like to stick to places I'm familiar with. So whether it's fast food or hard rock cafes or whatever's in between, <laughs> um, one country where I definitely had to defer from that approach was Singapore. In Singapore, where I lived for a while, people are just self-proclaimed and they take a lot of pride in their foodie status and they are just mm-hmm. really into lots of different, amazing types of food. But the person I was there working with, he, he was from Singapore. I was, in, and, you know, he was really excited to have an American just to kind of show around and introduce to everything. And I told yeah. him on day one, hey, Patrick, I have, I know, I know I seem like an exciting person. I am very basic when it comes to my taste buds. Like, I don't want to try any of this crazy stuff that you're, you're describing to me. It sounds amazing, but it's just not that appealing to me. And, and, and that, that conversation did not work. Like, without fail, every single lunch, he would take me to just some, whether it was a really nice restaurant or a hole in the wall, he would just mm-hmm. take me to a completely different type of place. And I, me wanting to be a good, good a, a, a good, a gracious visitor would always really have to go out of my comfort zone and try a, a very wide assortment of food. And you know what always amazed me about Singapore was there were some evenings that we went just to amazing, amazing restaurants um, to have, you know, a wide variety of food. But most of the time, we were going to these, just, they weren't holes in the walls because they were huge, but it felt like you were just on a factory floor in a condemned building of, and it would just be <laughs> a huge food court packed with people. Yeah. It was like cafeteria style. You'd get a tray, you'd pick your food. And I'd say to him, I'd be like, Patrick, like, I am so surprised that a food, a self proclaimed foodie as, you know, as prestigious as yourself that, you, you eat it at a lot of places like that I would eat at, just kind of holes in the wall and now your food's not as basic as what I would prefer there's a lot of stuff here that I don't know what you're trying to feed me but you <laughs> know I'm surprised And and he he really took a lot of pride in knowing where all the best spots were in Singapore like no 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 you go there and it's not going to be you know it's going to be very generic you come here with me and it's going to be Really special, and often we were finding ourselves in a lot of places off the beaten path. And it wasn't just him; some of my other colleagues who were from Singapore they would always just take me to these little secret gems throughout the city. And it's like, Mm -hmm. unfortunately for me, I I was usually more worried just about having enough water to eat the food because I'm sure I mean it's good food, but it's just you know to add a little bit more context. Like I don't like seafood, and it's 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 unfortunate, and I just I'm not a huge seafood fan. So much of the food in Singapore is, is surrounding is surrounding some type of seafood. And, you know, right. no matter how many times I told my friend Patrick that I didn't like seafood, he'd always make sure that whatever he ordered for me had seafood in it. So it was kind of like an adventure. <laughs> like, all right, yeah. I'm going to go eat. And I'm also going to look out for any any landmines in my food of fish because I know Patrick doesn't respect the fact that I don't like it. And it was just an awesome experience. Um Singapore really comes top of mind. And then India, of course, I I had a chance to live in India where I, where I was very fortunate to meet my wife. That was a whole nother ball game having such basic taste buds Mm -hmm. as myself. But, uh, you know, that, that was an interesting experience. And, you know, India, a little bit of India came home with me. Um, the fact that my wife moved, you know, to the U.S. a few years ago, and, and now we're married. I, you know, I'd like to say I've slowly been getting acclimated to food groups that historically I have not, you know, had the taste buds for. But it's still quite the journey ahead of us there, Jacob.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine how difficult that is going from um, more basic foods going to especially Indian food. That's one of the more like, I'd say, abrasive um the foods in general it depends on on what you're making of course but lots of spices lots of flavor and often a lot of heat spice so yeah yeah
1: abrasive or just i'd go as far as saying combative like indian food to my stomach is very combative like abrasive makes me feel like something that's an inconvenience you can live with often when i've tried indian food it, it's a little bit more extreme than that and i i hope with time and training i can mm-hmm. just I can get that acquired taste to be able to handle some of the, some of the heat that my wife's putting in many of her meals.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to come around to liking spicy food and at the very least liking, um, spiced food if we're talking about like Indian. Um, but it is tough because it just, I don't know. My spice tolerance is about like Buffalo wings at, at a restaurant. And that's, you know, that's about it.
1: Absolutely. Like to me, I I love spicy food. I eat it all the time. It's called Frank's Red Hot Sauce. And that's (laughs) exactly the sweet spot I want to be in. Like, no, I don't want Tabasco sauce. That's going to be too spicy. And just give me some Frank's Red Hot. And that's perfect. And I I put that on everything. And that really, you know, that's me really stepping out of my comfort zone. But that's probably as spicy as my taste buds will allow for the time being.
0: (laughs) Yeah, makes sense. I'm with you. (laughs) so let's let's bring it back to the u.s then um before we started you mentioned garbage plates and i want to hear more about them
1: yeah it's like part of me gets part of me is a little bit upset with you jacob that we're talking about food in the middle of the day and then it's forcing me to talk about my just absolute favorite food items that aren't homemade like from family and you know you nailed it jacob uh garbage plates and it's like talk about something that is a deceiving name um so i'm from syracuse new york i went to school outside of buffalo new york and on the drive from syracuse to buffalo you pass rochester and Hmm. rochester new york is the home to nick tahoe's texas hot garbage place and often imitated but never duplicated or replicated is uh our garbage plates and there's a lot of different varieties but just your run-of-the-mill garbage plate would be a side of mac salad a side of home fries cheeseburger patties on top of it meat sauce onions hot sauce mustard and then two slices of bread so it's like you get you get this garbage plate. And I, I don't know, the last time I, I looked it up on Wikipedia, I think that's about twenty five hundred calories. So it's like
0: yeah. you're in for
1: a meal. And it's like, don't I mean, don't go there with me if you're not gonna finish your food because that's the last time we're right. ever gonna talk. Like, let alone last time <laughs> we go there together. I want nothing to do with you if you can't finish that garbage plate in front of me. A few exceptions. You know, there's a few exceptions that we would allow. Um, but it you you take that, you take that plate of just amazingness. And you cut up the cheeseburgers, no buns, it's just on there. Um, cut mm-hmm. it up, mix it together really aggressively, and you just make sure that everything is completely mixed. like it has to be a complete, complete <laughs> consistency of max salad, yes. home fries, hot sauce, meat sauce, mustard, onions, and cheeseburgers. You want to make sure you're getting a little bit of everything in each in each uh, fork or spoonful, right. if you're going to use yeah. silverware. I recommend using silverware. I've tried it without, and it's an absolute mess. Um, and it's like the whole trick, and it's usually where a lot of rookies go wrong. Is you know, you get this amazing cuisine in front of you, this garbage plate that you've been so excited to eat. A lot of mm-hmm. rookies make the mistake of just taking their time and enjoying every bite, like a like a New York strip, like a, like your favorite right. cut of meat, just your steak, and it's like. I tell you the problem with the garbage plate when you start to savor it is that eventually your stomach realizes what you're doing to it. And by the time your stomach knows what's happening, you better have that garbage plate down because it's going to be very difficult after that. So it's like a yep. pro tip for a garbage plate is just to attack it. Like you need to get yeah. that thing down in 10 minutes or you're probably not going to finish much out. And, uh, you know, I was always... I'd like to say I'm proud, but I think it's run-of-the-mill for people that go there. I'll, I'll definitely put down a garbage plate without fail every time. Um, and, you know, it was the perfect halfway mark between my hometown and my college. So every single time you're making that drive back with friends, just the perfect stop right halfway, you have the garbage plate. I mean, it makes the second half of the trip much more difficult than the first half. It's like that first half, you have that carrot in front of you just getting you there, getting you excited, getting you excited. Crush Ew. that garbage plate in under 10 minutes because you, you got to trip your stomach thinking that, you know, what you're doing is okay. And, uh, man, that the, the rest of that trip home, not, not as smooth, just not as comfortable, not as much talking, yeah. not as much laughing, sucks to be the driver, um,
0: better oh, to I be, be the passenger,
1: just fall asleep and, you know, get home and then recover. So, I appreciate you asking about the garbage plate i it's definitely my favorite food without a doubt outside of anything that comes from family all the stuff we were talking about previously
0: yeah that's that's a great story i uh We have a place here in Columbus called p j s fat sandwiches, which is kind of the same um, same vibe but you know different food, so it's sandwiches with chicken tenders and mozzarella sticks from fries and hot sauce on top, you know? So it's just like these massive sandwiches and you have to just attack it from the beginning or you're never getting through. And you're definitely not saving that and finishing it later, you know? Um, (laughs) And I, I got a friend coming in.
1: Jacob, like that place sounds to me. Awesome. There's nothing I like more than just a little college deli where I went to school. It was a half a chicken finger sub and a slice of Mexican pizza. And holy cow, that will, nice. that'll take care of any bad day or any bad decisions. Like no matter what happened, half a chicken tender sub and a slice of Mexican pizza, you are back on course. And it sounds a lot like what you're describing.
0: That's funny. Yeah. But I got a, I got a friend coming in this weekend and he wants to go. And so I'm, I'm weighing my options because I know that the rest of that day is just going to be done, you know? Mm-hmm. yeah in my experience
1: it's usually a good nightcap instead of breakfast so it's like i'd rather end on that on that note than try to introduce it in the beginning or middle of my day
0: yeah much rather we'll see what (laughs) happens i'll keep you updated
1: yeah i look forward to hearing hearing the outcome when you guys eat it and i'm looking forward to coming up to columbus now that i know that there's places like this i'm looking forward to kind of putting your recommendation to the test and sizing it up so i'll definitely hit you up next time i'm heading heading up north to uh the columbus area from down here in cincinnati
0: yeah let me know we'll have to make a pj's run
1: yeah we sure will
0: (laughs) (laughs) if you had to eat at one of your most frequented restaurants for the rest of your life what would it be
1: yeah well i mean feel free to ask the hard questions. Anytime. That would be a T six from Taco Bell. Um, Chalupa. Don't give me the chicken, make it steak. So T six Taco Bell. I'm good for life. Um, You don't want soda. Every meal you get water, you get lemonade, you're fine. You get every basic food group you need in those two Chalupas and the taco Supreme that comes with it. So T six steak, instead of chicken or beef from Taco Bell, boom, good, happy for the rest of my life. Now, Back in the day, they used to have Baja sauce, so it would be T6 Steak Baja from Taco Bell. Somewhere along the line, someone made a horrible decision, and they got rid of Baja sauce. Still my (laughs) go-to meal, though, so that's an easy one.
0: Nice. All right. That that came a lot easier than I expected.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, I mean, it'd be a short life if I had set garbage plate, so I needed to pick a healthier food (laughs) item, and what's healthier than Taco Bell, you know?
0: yeah right all right we're gonna hop in the hot seat then um what is it we kind of answered this but we're gonna do it anyways what's your favorite meal while traveling Uh oh
1: yeah i mean if i think about it more serious like all the places i've traveled fortunately it's like if i'm going to answer the question honestly it's It's going to be whatever they're serving in the Marriott lounge or whatever McDonald's has. Um, so usually it's McDonald's. Um, so like, man, there's nothing better to, uh, a time zone challenge or a long day of work than a Big Mac. So like I go to McDonald's quite a bit, um, when I'm traveling, but you know, I think, yeah, so I'll stick with McDonald's. Um, Jacob, just at the disgust of any audience of your audience out there, just, (laughs) Who's this lunatic that you brought in on your show to talk about food? Who says their go-to meal is McDonald's, but you're stuck with what you got?
0: Hey, it is what it is. Sure is. I, the um, the chicken mac—that's a—that's a thing in a lot of other countries, and I didn't get to try it, but I saw it when we were in the in the Bahamas many years ago, and I—I'm always intrigued by that.
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, the Chicken Mac sounds a little bit safer than, and excuse my pronunciation, I won't get it right, but it's somewhere along the lines of like the Mahi Mahi, um, like the Mahi Mahi or whatever burger in Indian McDonald's. uh, Interesting. Wow, I'll tell you what, like they really, really a good game they play. They, They show it to you and it looks like a Big Mac. And you know that there's not going to be a beef patty on there, but whether it's chicken or, you know, a different type of substitute, that's fine. You're like, oh, yeah, like two patties, like that thing looks like a Big Mac.
0: Ooh, Mm -hmm.
1: man, you bite into that, you are in trouble. That will make my white food taste like a walk in the park. That thing (laughs) is just spinning fire at your belly. And that's kind of when I think back to like abrasive versus combative. That's not abrasive. That's combative. That's like shocking <laughs> yeah. out of my stomach and I am in trouble. Um. So, yeah, the, the chicken mac sounds a little bit safer from your experiences, maybe down in the Caribbean. But, uh, yeah, not as safe if you're in India going for a big mac.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. What's the weirdest food you've had on vacation, either in the United States or abroad?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know i a boring question for someone like me who just has up layers and layers of safeguards to protect my basic, um, taste buds. I don't know <laughs> what kind of extreme food that I've had. It's like, I watched the TV show survivor a lot and we were watching some reruns the other day and it was like that food eating contest where they're eating bugs. And I'm like, I, for a million bucks. Yeah, I could, I'll, I'll try. I mean, I'm trying yeah. to think, okay, I had cricket. I had crickets in San Francisco, so I was living in San Francisco, wow. and, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to sound silly, but it was either crickets or cockroaches, and I know that's like, well, Seth, there's probably a big difference there. I don't know. I There's not in my mind, because they're both just not food that I want to eat, and we went to this <laughs> really posh area, like, I forgot the name, but it's a real nice area, and there's a line at the restaurant and all of this. And the people are with it's like, oh my gosh, so excited to finally try this. Anticipation is great. And everything in there had crickets in it. And I'm like starving and super annoyed that these lunatics thought it was a good idea to wait hours for a, a table at a restaurant that's serving crickets. But um, <laughs> I I I ate, I ate it a little bit. Like I think they had some guacamole with crickets in it or something like that and I ate, you know, a little bit just to kind of save face, but then, you know, quickly left and never talked to those people again.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. Man, that's <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yep,
1: good times. What's well, the good time?
0: Good. <laughs> yeah, we, we we get to enjoy uh, your discomfort vicariously. <laughs> yeah. What's like the, the time MO a meal was here?
1: Yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
0: what's the time a meal was better than expected either the food was better or the experience was better
1: yeah that's a good one um yeah i'm gonna go with uh one of my other just absolute favorite foods ever that i was pleasantly surprised with um here in cincinnati like chili is a huge thing like i wasn't Mm -hmm. very familiar with cincinnati before i moved here but i'd always just anytime I'd ever been here, I saw so many chili places and it's like Gold Star or Skyline. Um, and it was kind of like the scouting report of people in, in Cincinnati was, oh, Cincinnati people love chili, no one else likes it, it's just a Cincinnati thing. So it's like they really seemed to downplay it to me. Maybe they were just embarrassed how much they loved it and that <laughs> historically they weren't surrounded by people such as myself who really appreciate that type of food. Um, so I remember the first time I went to, to uh, Skyline. I was actually living in Cincinnati just for two months. This is many years ago before I moved here. Just here for two months, my manager took me out to Skyline. He was from Cincinnati, and he's like, dude, like, you just got to try it. No one from here likes it, but I just want you to experience it. And I'm like, Thinking yeah. myself, like, all right, like, you kind of freaked me out a little bit. Like, everything you <laughs> described sounds kind of in my wheelhouse but I'm just going to cautiously you know go into this and you look at the menu it's like a little bit more daunting the first time than it is the second time they have three ways and four ways and if you get a four way you have to pick what you want on it all this stuff so I ordered uh, just a regular size four way with onions, and you know kind of held my breath just not expecting to like it holy cow, talk about just one of my favorite foods ever. And it's like, you yeah. can't eat one of those every day because that's just like eating a garbage plate every day. A garbage plate's much yep. more intensive than than a four-way with onions, but it's in the same food group. So it's like if the gold medal event is the, uh, the garbage plate, the semifinals and all your training is with four-ways with onions. And uh, boy, do I love four-ways with onions. Like, talk about a food I crush at least once a week um and you know usually on the weekends I like to save like you know the most exciting things for the weekend it's like my wife just thinks I'm crazy because she'll you know she'll be in the car with me and I'm gonna I just get so excited and I I order the food whether it's from a four-way with onions and I'll get a side Caesar salad and a side of fries or Taco Bell and I order my T-6 with steak and then a a burrito and then maybe some fries, like if they have the natural fries in season or, or whatnot. And I just get so excited and I start yelling, like, eating like a king tonight, babe. And I am like, I am <laughs> eating like a king. And I'm not being sarcastic. I actually truly feel like that is the number one meal that I could ever eat at this moment. Like, there's nothing else. Yeah. But cost and location, not mattering. I want that four-way with onions. I want that T6 with steak. Um so that was definitely my biggest surprise though, Jacob. Was the four-way with onions and how much I really love it.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I I grew up in Cincinnati, so I absolutely love um Skyline Chili especially and there's also some small um some smaller you know, chains that are, are not skyline or gold star. And those are really good too. So I would recommend, um, trying some out, but yeah, I, you're definitely in the minority of the people that enjoy skyline Chili from not growing up in Cincinnati. So that's pretty cool.
1: Thank you. I wear it as a badge of honor and I, I owe it all. to place.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that is the end of my questions. So thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, Jacob, really awesome to talk to you. Um, Wish you weren't talking to me in the middle of the afternoon about my favorite dishes. Now I'm a little bit mad (laughs) at you because of how hungry I am. But my absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed this topic and enjoyed talking to you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Season to Taste. If you enjoyed, go ahead and share it with one of your friends and tell them your favorite part. You can find me on Instagram at Season 2 Podcast. And special thanks to Adam Paddock for the music.